And, you know, we just don't think like that, but I think like that because I had to investigate it. But think about it. In what universe does it make sense that the nerves, just looking at something bad, all of a sudden, a bunch of nerves start to grow? What, 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 what yeah. is that? Right. Yeah, okay. It gets stuck like that. What, what, what is that? That's crazy. I mean, That's not something yeah. you think about. Right. And you got to be careful to use words like cure and to present it as a panacea. But yeah. what it is, what I would call it, is a remediation a reset. So there's an injury there, an injury causes a series of symptoms. You you remediate that injury with a, a dual sympathetic reset and those symptoms go away for the majority of people and it lasts for years, if not forever, okay? So I think, let's talk about the, can we talk about the symptoms for a second? Yeah, All the symptoms are what you would need to survive if you were a tiger jumped out at you, okay? So that's why we know it's biological because we all have to react the same to survive a tiger. Okay, we either need to kill the tiger very quickly or we need to flee, get away from the tiger. Human beings decide, des designed to like survive a tiger attack by either killing it or getting away from it for about 90 seconds. So when we live in that state of constant fight or flight for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 a year because our nervous system is stuck in fight or flight, it causes an array of physiological and medical problems, which I love for Dr. Lipov to talk about after I say this one thing. So... If you, a tiger was jumping out at you, um, you would feel extreme anxiety. You would have a hair trigger. You'd be highly reactive. Where's the tiger? Where's the tiger? You would be hypervigilant about the tiger. You would be hyper aroused by the tiger. Okay. Um, you would be mildly paranoid that the tiger was going to eat you at any second. You would have a sense of doom that you were going to die because you know the tiger's right there. You would not be able to sleep if you knew that a tiger was about to eat you. And most of these guys, 25% of these guys that come back from Afghanistan that were involved in conflict have ED because you can't have sex if yeah. you're running from a tiger. In the extreme, yeah, if you're in the extreme case in the military, people are trained to protect, ultimate flight is suicide. If you have anxiety and you feel like you're gonna die all the time because that's what your nerves in the neck are telling your amygdala, you're gonna wanna kill yourself. Mm. In the neighborhoods where I grew up, where life is cheap, OK, um, uh, when you feel like you're going to die all the time, you're going to be aggressive and you're going to kill someone. OK, so when you see, you know, uh, a guy in a neighborhood who gets pulled over for a simple traffic violation, well, say he grows up in poverty like me or she uh, and she's gotten overactive sympathetic because you can't grow up in deep inner city poverty and not have an overactive sympathetic. Okay, just the stress of that will trigger it. Then you have a cop, he's dealing with life or death situations every day. So both of them are getting into the simple altercation where it's a traffic stop, who cares? But their sympathetic nervous system is telling both of them that it's life or death. And that's why we see so many of these crazy situations in the mm -hmm. world. What I believe is that we, because of what you were saying earlier, Sean, about social media uh, and the digital overload, which I write about a lot in my first book, um, and the pressures of the modern world, um, you have, it, you know, a staggering portion of, of, of the society living with an overactive sympathetic nervous system. So you have huge portions. There's people that are listening to this right now that say, I never had trauma. But yeah, I don't sleep. You know, Jamie just lifted those symptoms. I don't sleep very well, you know, or they or it's either them or their wife or someone they know. I don't sleep very well. I have anxiety. I have a hair trigger. I'm hypervigilant. I'm hyperaroused. I'm paranoid. I have a sense of doom. Uh, they identify with all the symptoms. Why? Because if you had a mother that needled you as a child or your dad was just always disappointed in you and that lasted two years, 
you're going to have an overactive sympathetic nervous system and you can mitigate against it and you can make it better with some of these modalities. But the only way to reset the leg is to reset the leg. And one of the things that you, you know, to kind of go back to something that you said earlier, Sean, is um, one of the things we found, there's one of our greatest cases that we, we, uh, this guy just did a TED talk in Portland, which has the largest TED talk in, uh, in the world. Um, This guy, Trevor Beeman, who was molested by his stepfather from eight to 16, who's beaten into the Latin Kings at 11. He looks like a super soldier Calvin Klein model. Okay, so you'd never think this guy had been traumatized. He shot up. He killed people. He saw people killed. He shot up medical heroin in Afghanistan. Okay, this guy was suicidal for 20 years. He was homicidal towards his stepfather who went to jail for molesting him for eight years for 30 years. Um, They don't the military does not like special forces, crazy special forces people out there. So there's a lot more money and a lot more resources. If you're special forces, Navy SEAL uh, or um, Delta or something like that. So they throw endless amounts of money at this guy. He had had everything you imagine, EMDR, RTA, like everything. And one of the things Trevor will tell you, but he was still ready to kill himself with his beautiful wife and kids at any moment of every second of every day until he saw Dr. Lipov Mm. almost two years ago, July, okay? And uh, one of the things that Trevor will tell you is that the minute he did the, the sympathetic reset, all that 20 years of therapy kicked in. And so we also hear stories that all kicked in. Wow. It all started to work, okay? And one of the things we hear over and over again is that people that do the dual sympathetic reset, they're, they'll be doing talk therapy and they get so much more out of it, right? All these other therapeutics seem to be working far better and far faster if you reset the leg first. Wow. What I would love to hear uh, Dr. Lipov comment on is, you know, A, he can disagree with me if he wants what I just said, if he does. Um, but uh, how can having those symptoms, anxiety, hair trigger, react, like having an overactive sympathetic, like I can, can that give us autoimmune disease, Dr. Lipov? Can that give us cancer? And if so, it can that be responsible for a lot of the physiological or better, you know, um, a lot of the disease that we see in the human condition? And if so, can you give us a scientific explanation as to how an overactive sympathetic would cause disease in, in, a, in a human being? Yeah, actually, well, before my answer would be different, but currently I am, we're in the process of looking at epigenetic change. So basically, if you look at David Sinclair, he, he believes all disease is aging. That's his perspective. So, um, and then, you know, he, he's pretty smart guy. He's a vice chair of uh, genetics in Harvard. Anyway, so uh, if you look at the epigenetic change, which is DNA change, which I, I assume you know about epigenetics, right, Sean? Yeah. So if you look at that, you can actually measure that. Which would you, we just mean generational things that are passed down by epigenetic, like, phys- right, biological things that are passed I, I, down. I, I'm getting there. So this okay. is not... This is not multi-generation. I'm talking about okay. this is a, a the, the same individual. Oh, okay. okay. We're not talking about that. Okay. So you can actually measure how somebody is aging by using the best clock currently. It's called Grimage. It tells you how fast. The, the Grimage? Grimage, yeah. That's, that's, the that's best. different than Horvath and telling no, your length. No, it is. No, no, no. That's totally different. So Horvath clock is, Horvath was the first one to develop at UCLA. 
second generation of his clock is called Grimage. Gotcha. Yes. So I'm actually, my collaborator is the guy who runs his not-for-profit. Uh, and oh. then, you know, basically you can actually measure how fast it's going. Telomeres is a totally different thing. It's not nearly as accurate. Telomeres can get bigger, can get smaller, but it's not predictive. So Grimage of all the clocks out there is the biggest predictor when people are going to die, especially for heart attacks and things like that. So that, that's not debatable, really. So we do know for a fact that people who have PTSD, the chance of dying of heart attacks is twice as high as somebody who does not have that. And what about an autoimmune disease like lupus I, or cancer? I, I, Jamie, can, can I can I finish? Yeah, yeah. I get that, buddy. Okay, all right. Yeah. So basically, so we know PTSD makes you age faster. Aging will create other problems like heart attacks and death. It produce immune things. But what's interesting is I wrote a paper a couple of years ago uh, that was based on looking at a paper out of China where they looked people with ulcerative colitis which is autoimmune disease of the colon. And then they checked interleukin-6, which is basically inflammatory factor. They did stellar ganglion blocks, ulcerative colitis went away, and they were able to actually measure the change in interleukin, which is really pretty crazy if you think about it. So I looked at it in detail. It turns out there is a direct connection from stellar ganglia to the bone marrow and the thymus. That's what controlled the immune system. Hmm. So PTSD seems to lead to dysregulation of immune system, not up or down, but off, right? So it can cause immune system dysfunction. Also, the reason not everybody has cancer is because we have something called scavenging. The immune system chews up tumor cells. But if your immune system is sleeping, it's not going to happen, right? Ah. So that's why you need to reset it to have immune system function normally. You can also theoretically reset the aging by doing sympathetic. We're about to start studying that. In fact, we have IRB wow. approval to do that. And that's why I've gotten a hold of Dr. Harworth and his team, because there was at least one paper that shows if you can reverse PTSD, you can reverse Harworth's clock acceleration. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Oh my gosh. That's so, how does, so, Dr. Lipov, how does the, you know, the overactive sympathetic system, how does that dysregulate or turn off the, the, the scavenger system in the body? Like is scientifically. I, I, just I just described that. Yeah. No, I, but I was curious, like what's going on that it's doing that. Can you explain what the physiology of it? Yeah. There is direct connection from stellate to the thymus, which is in the chest and the bone marrow. That's what produces T cells and B cells. And then when there's too much sympathetic tone, it's going to suppress function of the thymus and bone marrow. Wow. Do you, do you have suggestions for, for processes or things for people to do maybe directly after the treatment, you know, jumping on a rebounder or humming the G chord to exercise the vagus yes. nerve? So let me tell you, well, in the next vagus nerve exercise, there's all types of doing it. I mean, it's like, yeah, I, I don't know if you know Dr. Porges, he's my buddy. So, you know, vagus nerve, he, polyvagal theory, you probably heard of it. Yeah. That's Dr. Porges. So he and I have, you know, friends, we've been talking about it forever. So my basic recommendation is number one, take time to yourself. Stop running around like a nut. <laughs> Downtime, one. Two, 
get uh, by feedback as much as you can. I personally like by feedback using EEG, like Muse, things like that. Get your sleep going. Like I, I think you wearing a, a ring like mine. Yeah, the aura ring. Yeah, yeah. You, you're wearing it in the right finger. I, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, but my point is sleep is extremely important to calm down your sympathetic nervous system. Also, what people don't appreciate is that when you're thinking during the day, you're producing poisons in the brain. Only way to get the poisons out of the brain is have deep sleep. And aura ring will tell us that, right? It also will tell you HRV, heart rate variability. If it's no variability, your vagus nerve is sleeping on its job, sympathetic system is too much. Yeah. But going for walks, relaxing, giving time to you, say you're not always stressed out, turning those things off as much as you can, right? Mm. Very important. Cutting down UV light, you know, too much light at night. Bad news. I mean, everything you're describing, Dr. Liboff, is basically finding ways to not let yourself get elevated and stay elevated. I mean, it's basically what you're saying, right? That, but what, but I think Sean specifically asked me, so what is the recommendation to do afterwards? Right afterwards. But don't forget yeah. the diet, right? If, if you just drink 10 energy, drink, energy drinks, you ain't doing so good. Number one is probably going to kill you eventually, but the other part of your sympathetic system, what's energy drink? It's like getting your adrenal gland in your epinephrine, norepinephrine going, you know, you're straddling your bike. Yeah, you red line. Straddle down, not up, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, you guys, this is so fascinating. Uh, I, so I, one I, of the reasons we wrote the book, The Invisible Machine, which just came out, and I'm going to yeah. say the book because, you know, what, what's what's this is post-traumatic stress uh, disorder month, and it's PTSD awareness month, or PTSI post-traumatic stress injury because it's a biological injury awareness month um so um i think it's you know imp uh, important to kind of understand what i think we parse apart in the invisible machine uh that you that is unique to it right is that uh was where where this you know one of the questions i've always asked myself when i met dr lipov and i got this relief for myself is how come everyone everywhere doesn't know about this. This should be yeah. like Botox or something, you know, like this should be like LASIK. Everyone should be getting this. What is going on? This makes no sense, right? That in terms of what my own experience and then all the people that I've seen over the last two and a half years and working with him, it, like if you were to sit at his clinic every day and watch people come off the line I imagine, and talk to them a year or two later, it's astonishing. There's no other place in the world where something like that is happening so quickly because of this me particular mechanism mm. and, and so profoundly, he could give you stories for days. I mean, I could tell you one uh, if you wanted to hear them. I have so many, uh, but I asked myself, how come everyone doesn't know about this? And this is what the purpose of the book is, is to bring this into the living room, to bring this to somebody that was never physically touched, but was bullied or, you know, just didn't get enough love. Right. To get, you know, just the things that are triggering this that we don't see, or they just carry the allostatic load of living in a comparison culture or having the Sunday scaries for 15 years is going, you know, is not how we're designed to live. And we're because we're in these synthetic environments and nature mitigates the sympathetic, so do animals. Right. Um, but we're not having that constant mitigation through nature. We're staying elevated. But yeah. the answer we come to and what we explore in the book is. Um, Whenever you see the dual sympathetic reset 
or which is the innovated version of the stellate ganglion block, which is uh, Dr. Lipov's innovation of using this, uh, reconfiguring and, and innovating this 100-year-old shot so we know it's safe uh, into um, a treatment for post-traumatic, the biological reset of post-traumatic stress is whenever we, again, whenever we see it in the media, it's at the extreme. So people just so, well, that's not me. Well, then, I, let, 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 let me jump in there because yeah. let, let me ask the obvious question then, you know, for someone who is just uh, maybe um, uh, is just sort of generally a tightly wound person, maybe they've got some little T trauma, maybe they, maybe they've got some big T trauma, maybe they've done some work, but they're just sort of generally low level stressed. Like, is this for everyone? I guess is the question. Is there any one state of state of being, or is there any one person that's like, nah, I don't think you need it, or can everyone? Sure, do I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, oh, Dr. Dave, if you don't yeah. mind, let, let, yeah, let yeah, me yeah, 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 you're the doctor. So, the number one, there's no such thing that everybody needs to have it. It's not, it's not grape juice, right? <laughs> or apples. Okay, it's an invasive medical procedure. So I'm an invasivist, right? So I've done a number of thousands of those procedures safely, but anytime you put a needle to the skin, there could be possible downside. So in medicine, do no harm is number one, help is number two, not the other way around, right? And the other part is, you know, so kind of goes into how we do it, right? So having, having a neck is not the number one requirement to have this procedure, right? So let, let, let's be real here. So what we have, so Stella, we have nurse practitioners who interview people, we do an assessment on them, and then we decide based on the level of PTSD or anxiety or depression, if they're appropriate candidates. We do just don't do it willy-nilly on everyone. If it's impacting your life, if you have difficulty with that, that's the thing to do. That, that can be very effective, it can change your life. If it's minimal, first of all, it's not worth going through it. Second of all, you're going to be sorely disappointed. It's not going to change you. It's going to make you better. But somebody like that has like somebody can let, let, let me tell you, people I would not do it on for sure. They have no problem sleeping whatsoever. Right. They don't feel wound up all the time. They have good control and occasionally get annoyed. And go do an invasive procedure in the neck for that. That's crazy talk. No way. We're not doing that. So that's why I have cadre of people who are nurse practitioners, psychological, who will evaluate is that the right person or not. So no, absolutely not. It's not for everyone. You're, but you are making it sound far more invasive than it is. And when we think of something invasive or highly invasive, we think of like a surgery. Hold on, let me just get through my thing. You could argue with me. That's all right. Okay. But when like, you think of you think of like a surgery, okay. What, what Dr. Libov is failing to maybe say that I think he would agree with me on is this shot was developed for tingling hands in 1925, 1926. Uh, and so it's been around for a hundred years for a long, long time now. I don't know, since they've been, they, he uses an ultrasound. The sympathetic nervous system is housed in the stellate ganglion nerves that run from the amygdala all the way down through your body, but it's housed in the part that's in your neck. And he's using an ultrasound to guide it. There's been, and now probably, I mean, between the military and everything, there's been tens of thousands of these things done now. The military studied the crap out of it because they have the highest need for it, okay? 
Um, and the amount of accidents because you're using uh, the ultrasound or the amount of times where there's been a side effect because of uh, the physical procedure itself, I, I don't think you could get closer to zero, Dr. Lebov. I don't think you've ever had an incident. So wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, I'm not saying the whole hundred years, but since so, using the ultrasound, come on, or right? They, yeah. they, so you need to have respect, right? As an invasivist, I have to have respect for it. I think people... You're, call yourself an invasivist? I've never heard you call yourself that. Yeah, word. that's, that's okay. invasivist meaning I stick needles in the people. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, I, I use that term. But it's not as invasive as a scalpel, right? We'd agree Absolutely on that. Absolutely not. It's, it's, okay. not, it's not a surgical procedure, but okay. there are blood vessels, there are nerves. So it needs to be, that's why people need to be trained. I personally have not had a long-term complication from it. So let's go back to what's been published, right? Because I, the one thing I don't want to do is have people say, you know, you're totally irresponsible doctor. I've been through that once when they were saying I was treating people and it was working, but you know, you don't know anything. Anyway, so here's the reality. There was only one big article that's been written in this space. This was before x-ray, before ultrasound guidance by Dr. Wolf in 1993 in Germany. They did 45,000 stalagate males blocks. Nobody died. They had, I think, nine seizures because they hit a blood vessel. And I think they had like eight pneumothoraxes air in the lung. We did a procedure higher up than that, so it's away from the lung. And you could see what the vessels are. But things can happen. That's why you have to be careful. Yeah. You need to know what you're doing. You need to be well trained. So that's, being, that's fine. Yeah. I'm not making incisions. That's right. Yeah, you're being diplomatic about it. You're covering your bases. And I and I think that to hear how you're describing it, I think it's fair and measured. I mean, so, I've done, I've had it done. So I would say yeah. if you go to do let me talk. And you made a, it. What? Can I, can I talk as a pay? Can I talk as a patient? Sure, go ahead. Okay. You have um, your opinion. It feels like he puts a local anesthetic before he puts in the local anesthetic. He's using, like, listen, he teamed up with a private equity firm about three and a half years ago that's opening up clinics all over the United States and, and the world. There's 35 clinics in the United States right now. If he had not done that, I would have not been interested in the book because what's the point of bringing this into the living room to an accountant or a house husband uh, or a housewife or, uh, if you can't get it? So this multi-billion dollar private equity firm they opened up the Stella Center. You could, if you do choose to get this, uh, I don't. I'm not an ambassador for Stella Center. They don't pay me, but he is. Dr. Lipov is the chief medical officer there, and so you can only get his. He's got all of the modern protocols in, in one place. So, so it's far more efficacious. So, if you're going to get it, get it done the right way. All right. Um, that but, I you know. With. Okay. Yeah, but so go to agree. so so I'm saying as a patient, I would never get this done in a million years if outside of a Stella Center. If, if Dr. Lipoff is not the chief medical officer there, if they're not using his protocols, I have zero interest in this, okay, personally, okay? But, but as a patient uh, who's been treated by Dr. Lipoff, um, it, it feel, in terms of how it feels, you know, some people choose to do Twilight because it's a needle, but first of all, he's, the pharmaceutical companies will never back it because he's, it's, it, it, he's using the same $2 amount of anesthesia that goes into an epidural. So it's not a big payoff for the pharmaceutical companies. It's bufivacaine. Is that what it's called, Dr. Levoff? Yes. Okay. So um, he uses a, a local anesthetic to kind of numb up the neck before he uses the local anesthetic to block the nerves that then reduce the sensitivity, that, reduce, that reset the fight or flight system. Um, in terms of experiencing it, it I mean, I've, done, I've tried it doing it twilight, which people can do, or, and I've done it, and I did one side awake, 
uh, it just feels like a pinch in the neck. It feels like nothing. So I am, he's calling himself an invasivist. I'm just saying as a patient, yeah, it's far less traumatic than going sure. to the dentist. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Far less traumatic than having your wisdom teeth pulled. It's less traumatic than drilling a cavity. It's, it, it feels like somebody pinched your neck. It feels yeah. like nothing. Okay. Yeah, I've I've done I've done PRP treatments and watched the ultrasound and watched the needle okay. go into the tendon in my foot and being like, wow, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think you painted I think you painted an, an adequate picture there. Yeah. So, so as we as we as we continue and kind of kind of march toward the the end of of, of our conversation, and this has been really really fascinating, and and I'm especially interested in. I, I'm interested in all of this. I I think I've made it clear that I think that this is going to be a growing demand uh, for people who are uh, experiencing PTSI, and I don't think it's going away. You know, as long as anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. as long as we're cute, we're living. We're as long like as we're breathing. Yeah, as, as long, long as, as we're staring breathing. at screens. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, what's really cool about you, Sean, is you're the first person I think I've ever talked to outside of maybe Dr. Livup himself, who um, really has kind of pointed to the modern world, you know, a modern messaging yeah. as a cause of post-traumatic stress injury. So it's, it's uh, uh, you know, it's really, it's really refreshing and nice to hear somebody else say it. So I yeah. Like well, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm also interested in the longevity aspect of it. If, if, if PTSI or chronic stress, um, you know, autoimmune issues stemming from trauma shorten our lives, which duh makes sense. And this treatment, this, this procedure could actually reverse it, reverse it and, and elongate and give us more longevity. Maybe, maybe I want, if you could, doctor, maybe just elaborate a little bit more on the coming studies there, because I think that yeah. that's interesting too. So I can give you an answer to that. So I designed the study, so I should be able to <laughs> explain it. So and the reason I, I actually was interested because I'm, I'm looking at longevity for me. So I'm trying to understand that. And I came across Dr. Harvard's work. Then I took that concept and I looked at PTSI impact on Harvard clock, and it's already been measured. So there's clearly acceleration. But there's at least one article that showed that if you can treat PTSD or PTSI successfully, they didn't use stellate, but they used conventional therapeutics. People who did respond, their biological clock was rolled back, not all the way to 10, obviously, but significantly closer to when they should be as opposed to older. We're also gonna be measuring testosterone levels. We're gonna be measuring CRP, which is C-reactive protein, which is a form of explanation. So what I anticipate seeing is Carwood clock being, so longevity, people are not just talking about longevity versus health span, lifespan, health span. So if you wanna increase the health span, lifespan is interesting, but to me, I don't wanna be 80 year old, where, you know, for another 20 years, I have a terrible life. That's, that's not a way to live. Also, if you can demonstrate C-reactive protein reduction, it mm. speaks again that PTSI is a biological change. It's mm. not ethereal plane change. It's a, it's a simple biological change that is reversible by sympathetic reset or um, elimination of all this overactivation. 
The other thing in theory, if you ever get to the point, I would love to do a study showing that if you do a big cohort, let's say 10,000, 10,000, you know, if you match them for PTSI or PTSD, the 10,000 the 10, without intervention will have more heart attacks compared to the ones with intervention. That's a big, I think that's a big statement. Mm. That's I, what I'd like to be able to see. And I'd like to speak to kind of what you said there about kind of, uh, you know, the longevity, right? Is, you know, the minute, you know, we kind of finished with the book, um, I started thinking about, um, God, what, you know, what, what, uh, where do we go from here? <laughs> you know, like if I had an interest in continuing to talk about this now that we have the reset, what would I be interested in? And where I landed was resilience. What I landed was what I've been gotten really interested in in the last six months as the book is kind of about to launch, launched, and, you know, we're a month or so in, um, is um, are there, what exists out there, uh, what techniques exist out there that can bring us down when we're elevated, whether it's from going for a walk, going into nature, breath work, um, animals, uh, yoga, running, diet, sleep, exercise. These are all resilience techniques. If you So, you know, if we're focusing on things that are going to bring us down from that stress, or if we have a traumatic event, having an arsenal of things that we can do to reduce that elevation quickly so that we're not staying, we don't get too over-elevated or we don't stay over-elevated too long. So there's incredible work as a uh, so I've been, I've been finding incredible work. I think there's a woman named N. Kem Nfumbo. She came up with a resilience toolkit hmm. and I'm just blown away by the techniques that, you know, these really simple techniques, you know, and, and, you know, and just in talks, you know, Gabor Mate so kindly contributed to our book and, cool. you know, this book is, you know, transformed the way that I see the world. You know, I, I grew up around a lot of addicts. And so I was highly judgmental towards addicts pretty much my entire life until I did this procedure. And, you know, and then the combination of Dr. Lipov's work and Gabor Mate's work. Um, you know, now, when I see an addict, I don't even believe there's such thing as an addict. I believe that, you know, that all you see when you see an addict is someone trying to regulate their sympathetic nervous system. And you're, you can do it through SSRIs. You can do it through uh, cocaine. You can do it through um, THC. You can go, you can do it through all these, there, you can do it through um, but what people are trying to do, whether illicitly or licitly or legally, is they're trying to regulate their nervous system. Yeah. So now all I see when I see an addict is biological trauma. I don't really see an addict anymore. I just see someone that's trying to regulate their ability to survive. I mean, Dr. Lebov often uses this term where he, he calls, you know, drinking, taking your trauma for a swim. I know the minute I have a splash of bourbon, my sympathetic goes, whoop, you know, like right down. Like, well, to, to be fair, so let me interrupt you on that. Sure. So so what I, what I, I mean, I, I, I agree with most of everything you've said. The only thing I would add to that mm -hmm. is that addiction, people look at addiction as a disorder again and diagnosis. To me, it's a secondary effect. Primary effect is they're trying to modulate, they're trying to be happy. You can use a lot of fancy terms. You know, I can, I can throw out tons of different terms, but ultimately if you're depressed, you don't want to be depressed. You want to feel happy. And I've talked to a lot. I used to be a trauma surgeon in Cook County Hospital. So I got to meet 
and interact with a lot of edits of all types. PCP was big, which was really interesting to take care of. Volcano was big. So I said, why do you do it? It's going to kill you. You know, you do horrible things. You prostitute your body, literally or figuratively, just to get a high for a second. But for that one second, I feel really good. Mm. Right. So when people look at it, it's, you know, it's like war on, war on drugs, blah, blah, blah. I think the war should be on mental disorders as a whole. And there's be much less because we can block the borders. We can put the walls. We can do right. all of that. But people are still going to consume the drugs. They will figure out how to do the drugs. Even if it's not that, you know, one of the biggest things that kids abuse, do you know what it is? Sniffing glue. You know what it does to you? It breaks down the lungs. It cuts, it shuts down the bone marrow. You're looking at 10-year-old sniffing glue. Think what it does to the whole system. Why it's really, depressed? It's really profound what he's saying in the sense that, um, you know, the, there should be a war on drugs. There should be a war on, like, what that's really profound. You know, there should be a war. The drugs are, what he's saying is the drugs are yes. the, a manifestation of the symptom. They're not the problem. The, pro, the right. war should be on the problem which is an overactive sympathetic nervous system. Well, <laughs> or, or, and it's part well, of it. It's not everything. But. No, yeah. but or yeah, yeah, or brain toxicity caused by drugs and alcohol or you know if you look at a if you look at a brain scan um you'll you'll and you look at somebody coming back from Afghanistan or you look at an inmate and they when the inmate has brain toxicity 90% of people in the in that are incarcerated self identify as having drug and alcohol problems. You look at an inmate and you look at a guy's brain coming back from Afghanistan you're going to see this, a lot of the same things going on. Yeah. You're going to see a reduced blood flow to the frontal cortex, executive function, you're going to, and other things that agitate uh, the feelings of uh, post-traumatic stress, right? So um, it's interesting. You know, I would like to kind of, I know we're winding down. I mean, I would like to kind of tell a, a kind of quick story. Um, you know, th there was a guy that I sent, uh, and then I, you know, there was a guy that I, who was a friend of mine who had never had, uh, childhood trauma as we think of it. He was, this, he was the grandson of a very famous American billionaire and a friend, and, but he had all the symptoms, but he had never associated himself with trauma, okay? I convinced this guy to, who never associated himself with trauma, in, except in one sense. The billionaire overindulged, had a bunch of daughters and one son. He was a working class guy that became a billionaire, so he kind of maybe overindulged the son. And so the son became an addict and died young, leaving my friend without a father. But he was a little older by the time that happened. This guy did not associate with uh, trauma. But his father was never really around because he was always dealing with his addiction, okay? even when he was young. Uh, I convinced this guy, close friend, to go to Chicago. He bailed on me twice. One time I was even, la you know, because he could, weather in Florida or something. One time I was even landing in Chicago to support him and he didn't show. The third time he got there, um, and again, what's interesting is they could do one side per day, two dual injection, uh, adult trauma, right side, uh, left, uh, childhood trauma, left side. And they typically do the right side first. So you, if you had childhood trauma, you want to probably want to go for two days. But this guy did the right side. He said, oh, you know, didn't really do anything for me. And I kind of convinced him to go in the next day. We were there with his wife, who's a close friend. And I was kind of waiting downstairs for him and his, his wife. These are two close friends of mine. Uh, while for uh, the second day where the guy didn't even want to go into the second day because his head didn't work for him on the first day. Um, 
finally the doctor comes down and the wife is electrified. You know, how's my husband doing? <laughs> you know, and Dr. Lipoff says, he says he feels great. He was very cynical the day before. He'd already had the right side done. He burst into tears. I said, whoa, whoa, wait a second. We don't even know if this worked yet. She said, uh, Jamie, you don't understand. My husband has never said he's felt great in his whole life. Mm. Okay. So now the three of us are downstairs waiting for the husband. At that point, a very, uh, it's during COVID. This is two years ago. A very beautiful woman uh, kind of walks into the surgical center in the winter in downtown Chicago. She's wearing a mask. Uh, she's smiling. Her eyes are smiling. She sees Dr. Lipoff. She runs to him. She leans in and she gives him what was probably a 30 second hug. Okay. She turns to my friend and I, my and she, the, the wife, and he, she says, the miracle man. And then she runs downstairs to accounting. I think he's paying her. Okay. <laughs> um, I say, hey, Doc, how much you paying her? She, she works in your accounting department. <laughs> he says to me, no, you don't understand. Yesterday, she's one of the worst sexual assault cases I've ever seen. Yesterday, she wouldn't let me touch her or alone in a room with her. Yesterday. Hmm. Okay. At that point, this is when I got interested in the book. This is how we got together. Yeah. Really. That was the that this was the turning point for me. Yeah. At that point, my friend comes down who I've known for eight years. He's a business partner. And he's walking different and he's looking different. And we start to walk back to the hotel. We get about 20 feet from the, the center. And he says, we just have to stop. We just have to stop. And I'm like, what's going on? He goes, Jamie, if this was the only reason I was ever meant to know you, this is the reason. Now, that guy has kids at home, young kids. I went to visit him at his house a few months, six months later in, in uh, outside of Hilton Head, North Carolina. I, I, his mom was there. And she was saying, yeah, you know, it's different. He's so much more connected to the kids. He's a better father. It's like, she's saying it in a real passive way. But what? Like he's present as a father? We, Dr. Lipov might've just stopped five generations of generational trauma. Sure. Because now that dad can really be there and experience his children, right? Wow. So he is being very humble. He's yeah. seen this every single day. And that story is not a special story. Yeah, that story is every single day. For them. Jamie, I, I appreciate it. Get to show them the book, and we need to talk about the audio book. Okay. Yeah. So really quick. The Invisible I did Machine. Not read the book. You have Sorry, not read the book. Audio. Yeah. No, the Invisible I, I did Machine. Not do the audio. Nor did oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a professional. Uh, the Invisible Machine: The Startling Truth About Trauma and the Scientific Breakthrough That Can Transform Your Life. Uh, on the cover by Gabor Mate. The nervous system can be reset. The significance of that recognized by the legal system and by the medical profession would be revolutionary. Gabor Mate, MD, New York Times bestselling author of The Myth of Normal. Yeah. Right. So um, if all I don't I don't care if I convince everyone of the truth, which is the nervous system can be reset and people don't have to live like this anymore. If that's the truth, which it is, I don't need to convince you of that. If all I get from someone reading this book is that there's no way you could read this book. I think we make a better case, myself, Eugene Lipov and Harley Lawrence, make a better case for that trauma is a bio, there's no way you could read this book and not believe based on science and argument that trauma is a biological injury. Even if you do nothing, you've changed your family because now you under, when you're, you're gonna look at your husband differently, you're gonna look mm -hmm. at your wife differently, you're not gonna have the stigma anymore. And a lot of these therapeutics help and mitigate against it. If all we do is with this book is convince the world that it's biological, that alone changes the world. Yeah. Because we we stop the stigma. That's huge.
That's huge. You guys have blown my mind. I mean, this has been a really uh, eye-opening conversation. And I, I purposefully come into conversations and interviews like this with just enough knowledge and just enough research to not know the big takeaways so that I can come in with a fresh mind and a fresh perspective. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. Uh, you know, you can, you can go onto the website and you can watch a bunch of testimonials from people that tell their story. You know, I, I, for anybody who's, who's thinking about redoing some more research, you can, uh, you can, you can learn a lot in a very short period of time doing some research on the Stella clinic. And, um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. And, um, where, where should people go? If you could send them anywhere on the internet, where, where would you send them? So I would go to stellacenter.com. That's if they want to have procedures done. If they want to look at my uh, medical procedure, I mean, like medical papers and stuff. So it's dr.eugenelipov.com. Uh, also, my YouTube has a bunch of interesting videos. And Jamie can talk about his. But, you know, it's like, but I, I, I think and uh, Amazon has an Audible. I'm a big fan of Audible. Uh, they have the audio audio version and Amazon as well as bookstores nearby have that. But there you go. Okay, so, yeah, we're in every bookstore in, in every Barnes and Noble in America, and most independent bookstores. So the book has been dis distributed. Where our our publisher has been Bella. We're distributed by Penguin Random House. So we're we're available where all books are sold. I think that if you go to Doctor Dr. Doctor Dr. Eugene Lipov, Dr. E-U-G-E-N-E-L-I-P-O-V.com. Uh, his website, uh, the inventor here of the dual sympathetic reset is a tremendous resource. And um, uh, in terms of understanding, and also if you just Google DS, dual, DSR, dual, if you Google dual sympathetic reset, a lot of information will come up. Tons of information. Yeah, mm -hmm. tons of information. Fellas, thank you so much, uh, uh, Doctor. When when the time comes to to come back on and talk about longevity uh, and uh, and 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 the the implications on on that, I want to have however long that takes. I want to have want to have you come back, gentlemen. I anticipate a year. It should take me a year to get data. Perfect. Perfect. I can't wait to can't wait to follow up, the, guys. This is fantastic. This is at the heart of what this podcast is for. Is to is to to share innovations, to share um, uh, options for people to live their best life, and you guys have you guys have nailed it. So thank you for joining me today on the Optimal. Thank you, thanks for having me. Thank you, yeah, thank you so much for having us. Great to meet you, Sean. Yeah. Take care. Okay.